All righty, let's turn our Bibles today to John 16.33. John 16.33. We're talking about, uh, last week we talked what a man, what's a man to do, and we connected it with when tribulation comes. This week we want to talk about it's here. <laughs> and uh, we're going to jump out of John 16.33. These are the words of Jesus getting ready to uh, leave the disciples. And he said, these things I have spoken to you, that in the world, that in me ye might have peace. Now, in the world you shall, somebody say shall, shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And so Jesus tells us that tribulation is going to be a way of life for Christians. You know, sometimes people come into Christianity and they think everything's going to be roses and everything's going to be blessing and so forth. And that is a part of our relationship with God, part of our heritage in Christ Jesus. But just as much a part of our heritage in Christ are tribulations. Now, the word tribulation simply means afflictions, persecutions, trouble. It means even suffering. It means strain. It means distress. It means uh, to be in between a strait, to be torn, to have pressure on you, to go different ways or two ways or to make a choice against the way that you are headed. And then Jesus says, but I give you peace. In other words, I give you deep assurance that even though you have that in this world, I have overcome the world. And that's the good news that you and I need to realize that we are living in a place of overcoming. It doesn't mean that trouble doesn't come. When trouble comes, that doesn't mean that the battle is over, that God has laid back, he's in a recliner, and it doesn't mean that the devil is triumphant. What he is doing is trying to get you to relinquish your declaration of blessing. See, he wants you to break your confession. He wants you to break your faith. Now, let's go to uh, Romans 8.35. We read this last week, but it always does good to keep reading it. You know, people say, I've read the Bible. I'm so bored with it. I think, well, God's not. He, he wrote it, and he still upholds it. Amen. Why would anybody get tired of reading the Bible? All right. In Romans 8.35, it said, who? Remember that who is connected to tribulation, distress, persecution. There's always a who in it. These things don't happen without a who without a uh, principality, without a power, without a mind, without the devil using man. It doesn't happen without it being connected to somebody or a spiritual force. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? That entails all of the cross, the benefits, the inheritance. Shall tribulation, notice what its purpose is, to separate us from the love of Christ. There is no other reason it's to separate us. Or distress, persecutions, famine, nakedness, or peril, or sword. It, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, I say nay to all these things. In all these things we, as believers, are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am fully persuaded, this is Paul viewing his life, viewing every angle of the Christian life and the battles that he fights. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, we already have a description of what comes to separate us, but we also, also have the declared outcome. I am persuaded that nothing, somebody say nothing. 
that means none of those things that were listed should be able to separate us from the love of God that's been expressed at Calvary. Do people backslide when they're blessed? Really? Do they backslide when they're happy? Do they backslide when they're filled with joy and, and you know, just walking with God and fellowshipping? No. They backslide when tribulation comes. I've never seen anybody say, Pastor, that's it, i just come to tell you, I'm so stinking blessed, I can't stand it, I'm backsliding. <laughs> really? I've never heard of anything like that. But people cave in when things get tough. So it's not that God doesn't say that it's impossible for them to do. It's impossible for them to separate it from God when we handle them God's way. we got to be strong in the Lord because we got to realize these things are going to come. And if they were powerless, if they just didn't do anything, if they had no effect on us, then they simply would not be used by the devil. Amen? He has a plan and he wants to destroy us. Now, let's go to 2 Timothy 4, 17 through 18. Tribulation is not new or should never be viewed as something strange in the believer's life. It says this, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. Now, God strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and all the Gentiles might hear. Now, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Now, Paul never recorded he was in the lion's den. What he's really referring to is the entrapments, persecutions, tribulations are like facing an adversarial lion that grips and takes hold on you and nothing can set you free from its ultimate plan except God. And then it says, notwithstanding the Lord, notwithstanding the Lord stood with me, strengthened me. Next verse, I'm sorry. And the Lord shall, somebody say shall. Now it didn't say shall keep me from. He said he'll deliver you out of. Somebody say deliver me out of. Now that means you got to be in there before you can get out of there. <laughs> yeah, don't you think God just bypassed that and let's do away with the middleman? No. No, because God has a unique way of taking things that are meant for our destruction and turning them for our growth and success. And it says this, he shall deliver me from every, somebody say every, evil work. Now, tribulation is evil work. So there are many different names for it, but tribulation is called also an evil work. And God will deliver me from every, somebody say every. In other words, no matter where you're at, just hang on. Hang on. How long? I don't know. How long does it take? Until God shows up. Just hang on until it's over. Amen? All right. And then it says this. God will deliver me from every, every, every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, we found out in Acts 14, 22 that through many tribulations, we enter into the kingdom of God. And then Paul says this in Hebrews 10, 32, 33, 34 says this. Do you remember? Remember. Go back, reminisce, that when you first became illuminated, to the work of the cross, how much tribulation came your way. Do you remember when you first got saved, how much trouble you had? I had troubles with in-laws. I had trouble with outlaws. I had trouble with friends. I had friends tell me, I'm not running around with you if you're going to be a Christian. My brother-in-law told me, I hated, I liked you better as a drunk than I do as a Christian. 
So people forsook us. But we took it as a coat or a badge of honor. Now, because tribulation has seemingly been relentless, and it is, it's constantly pressuring the believer to divert his path from putting God first in his life. And what happens is we get weary. What happens when people get weary? Well, I've, sometimes I go hunting in the woods and I'll come out and, and I'm tired and I can get one boot off. I can't get the other boot off. I'm so stinking tired. I drive home with one boot. I've been known to go into Fuji's with one boot on. What, what happened to your other boot? I said, uh, it's out there. I'm too tired to take the other one off. Do you need help? I said, no, I'll wait till I get home and I'll do something. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm tired. I'm just willing to give it up. I don't care. That's what happens when people are under prolonged tribulations. It comes to weary you so that you doze off, get non-responsive, get negligent, and things start getting sown into your life and you stop judging what is coming your way. And when you do that, the devil starts building things into your life. Could I get an amen? All right, now let's go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 3.10. 2 Timothy 3.10. And all of these scriptures are in the Bible. It's just sometimes maybe we don't read them. It says, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my charity, and my patience. Persecutions and afflictions which came unto me at Antioch and at Icurium, there you go, and Lystra, which persecutions I endured, but out of them the Lord delivered me. Next verse. Yea, and all that will live godly shall suffer blessing. Oh, yeah. They shall suffer persecution. So if you're going to live like God wants you to live, you are inviting persecution. It's going to come. Now, how many of you want to live the way that God wants you to live? then you better know how to handle tribulation because it is coming with a vengeance. It doesn't come to do anything except separate you from the love of God. Boy, that don't sound like a good trade to me, but it is. Now, when we as believers suffer this, sometimes we just forget that it's to be a part of the package. How many of you understand that when you get married, there's going to be conflict? How many of you dumb enough to think that there will not be? A lady told me one time, my husband and I never fight. I said, that's because he leaves. He doesn't want to fight with you. It's not worth it. He just says, Maranatha, Lord Jesus. People that don't fight have surrendered to browbeating. I fight with my wife. I do. I argue with her. Don't do this. Don't do that. Doesn't do any good, but at least I have a voice for a while. Right? Of course, then comes the next day. Honey, we need to talk. I think, oh, Jesus. Here it comes. All right. Now, let's turn our Bibles to 1 Peter 4, 12 through 16. Tribulations are like a fire. They can destroy something. They can re-identify something. Or they can temper something and define something in its purest sense. 
But how you handle tribulation is what determines what the fire will do. Beloved, think it not strange. Somebody say, I think I'll quit thinking it's weird when I get attacked. Come on, say that with me. That was a mouthful, wasn't it? Say this with me. I am going to quit thinking that it's weird for me to be under attack. It says, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. It's not strange. Get used to the fire. You will not be burned. Next verse. But rejoice in so much. Somebody say rejoice. Please, next time you go through tribulation, come to my office and just sing a song of praise. Instead of just coming in and saying, oh, Pastor, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I'm about to give up. I'm telling you, we've been... No, no, no. Here it says, what does it say to do? Rejoice. But what? Rejoice. But what? Rejoice. But what? Rejoice. But what? In so much that you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. Look at that. Tribulations are a part of the righteous suffering of those that follow Christ. But when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Next verse. But if you uh, be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you. So what does that tell you? That when tribulation comes, it is telling you your lifestyle is making an impact on the kingdom of darkness. Amen. Right? Amen. Remember, if you're going to live godly, if you want to live like a devil, he doesn't show up. Somebody just said, oh my God, I never have trouble. <laughs> Look at your life. But if you do, you're going to be counted as dangerous as Jesus was on planet Earth. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you in tribulation. Somebody say in tribulation. tribulation. The spirit of God rests upon you. And on their part, he is evil spoken of. But on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. And if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God for such honor and privilege. Wow. The Bible says, when you fall into diverse temptations, rejoice. 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 Somebody say rejoice. Remember when the disciples were beaten in Acts, the fourth chapter? They came back saying, oh, praise God, we just come from a beating. Hallelujah. They didn't attend our church. <laughs> Think of that. They were honored to be beaten for Jesus. Somebody says something mean to us at work. Don't park in my spot again. You think that's persecution. That's not persecution. That's just meanness. That's not persecution. Most of us really have never suffered true persecution. Right? Many of us haven't even really been through a trial. Except, don't eat that donut. Go ahead and eat it. Pray over it. God will take the calories out. Go ahead, I dare you to eat it. Eat it by faith, not by doubt. We, we think that's tribulation. That's, that, no, that's not. No, tribulation comes to defy your existence and your faith with Christ. And it comes to cause suffering that you will relinquish the covenant of love that bound you to Calvary. Hallelujah. All right. Let's go to uh, whoo, 1 Peter 1, 6. 1 Peter 1, 6. What's this? What? Tribulation. It says, Wherein 
ye greatly rejoice, though that now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Now, wait, wait, go back to that verse. Now ye quietly rejoice and meditate to thyself. How do you rejoice? What does greatly mean? Exceedingly. How would you exceedingly rejoice, David, if the devil attacked you? Get up here and show me. I want you to exceedingly rejoice. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. That That's exceeding? That's for me. <laughs> Does anybody have anything beyond a converted Mormon? Uh, <clears throat> who is crazy that they are in tribulation because they are living right before God? How would you act? Oh, thank God there's a squeal. There, there, there. Hallelujah. David, you go back there and take lessons from her. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. We are to greatly rejoice. All right, now next verse. And it says this, that the trial of your faith, what are persecutions after? Faith. Somebody say faith. Remember what Jesus said, when I come, will I find faith on the earth? Tribulations do not help your faith. They don't prepare you for ministry. They don't do any of that. They come to destroy your faith. Remember that the trial, the tribulation, persecutions that put your faith through the fire, being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, that it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what can be lost, is your faith. But we need to persevere. We need to endure. Paul said that we are to endure hardness like a soldier. In other words, we don't let trivial things separate us from our cause or from Christ's faithfulness. Amen. All right. Now, one of the things that people have got to do is, first of all, they have to wake up. Most Christians fall asleep. And they forget that tribulation comes to oppose them. And you have to start judging, because when you get weary, you stop judging stuff. Absolutely. One time I got in the car, I was, I'd been, you know, I was in love with Phyllis and, you know, staying up all hours of the night, and I worked at a foundry, and I milked cows. And, you know, boy, you got to have two jobs. You marry a blonde-headed woman from West Virginia that has any kind of taste. And... Uh, so I had to, I'm working two jobs. I'm not married yet. I got in the car. I literally got in a truck. I don't even remember getting in my truck. I don't remember. But I remember waking up in a cornfield. And I said, man, I wasn't drunk last night. Where in the world am I? I had to get out of the truck, follow the wheel back to the road where I'd ran over the sign that went like this. Turn, stupid. I didn't turn. I just went straight, and I was in that cornfield. I was weary. There was no judgment. You know what? You have to stay awake, because tribulation will drive you places that you have not judged to be God. Now, you end up in these places, and then what happens is you end, your, you end up struggling because we're not making good judgments. And that's what tribulation does. It separates you, destroys your faith, separates you from the love of God, the counsel of the Almighty, the leading of the Lord. It separates you from all of that. And what do we do as Christians? Then we start looking at all of the other earthly options to deal with our problem. 
earthly options. Look, tribulation, temptations, pressures, persecutions are not of the earth. They are of the devil. And they are uniquely designed by the devil to destroy your life. To destroy your life. Amen. To destroy your life. Let me show you how it happens. In Acts, the fifth chapter, and let's look at verse 1 and 2. And it says, But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price. Now his wife, also being privy to it, bought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? And whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart, and thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God? And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came upon all them that heard these things. I'm telling you that the devil is looking for a way to put something in your life. He's looking for weaknesses. Tribulations and temptations, Randy, test people. They test to find out where your strengths are and your weaknesses are. And as soon as a weakness is found, guess what happens? He moves in. And pretty soon, that weakness becomes a bondage. That weakness becomes and over a change of advantage. Soon as he finds a weakness, he starts shifting the advantage. Now, why did that lie come to Ananias when he could have said, no, I have a choice. But a thought came to him. After he made a vow, he was tempted. Persecution, pressure. He might have looked out and said, Hey, she needs a new table. Hey, you know, I've been wanting to get a new donkey. Hey, I've been wanting to get this. And he said, you know, I'm giving God this much. He won't mind if I keep that much. But he forgot his vow. You know, when we make commitments to God, we have to be careful. Because the devil is going to come. He's going to pressurize us. He's going to find our weak points. And he's going to find those weak points, and he's going to get into our life. Amen? Do I have... Come here. I need for that devil to find me somebody in this sanctuary that's been tempted. And I'm telling you, the devil will sniff you out. He's like a roaring lion. And he will find... Wherever you are, he will find the weak spot. And pretty soon when he finds a weak spot, he's going to take your faith. And when he takes your faith, he's going to separate you from the love of God. And there's two forms of the love of God, the love God has for you and the love that you have for God. It's two. Now I'm telling you, that the devil will find people that have weaknesses. He's looking right now. He's looking right now. And when he finds that weakness, he's going to build on it. And Steve, he's going to get in. Not only does he get a little, he takes the whole heart of the man. Ananias could not have been any good for God after that point.
it seems to me the devil found somebody. <laughs> Jesse. Give me a microphone, Randy. There's got to be a story behind this. Whoa. Now, Jesse, what's the devil got on you? Uh, uh, all right. What's that, Jesse? That's my tithe check. We already took up the tithing offering. Yeah, I know. I wasn't there. You evidently got it made out. And uh, so you did a what? Uh, Why didn't you give it? Uh, well, I made it out, but I've kind of had a everything hit me all at once this week. Um, car broke down, one of them, and I didn't have cash to pay all my bills. So it's like, you just well, I got under the I, pressure I, of it all, huh? I, I just I couldn't take it anymore. So you caved into the pressure. Faith went awry. Your love for the kingdom doubted the love that God had for you. And all it did was take one sniffing devil. One sniffing devil to get him to crumble. And what Jesse may not have realized was that though tribulation came to destroy his faith, God was there with strength and provision in order to see Jesse's faith through and to make it stronger than it had ever been. Because tribulations are places of proving our faithfulness to God, our decision to live by faith, to trust God. And remember, the, roar, the devil is like a roaring lion. He goes about seeking whom he may devour. But if we don't trust in the Lord, he's going to sniff out a weakness. And so when we find these weaknesses in these tribulations, though they are to destroy us, if we will lean to God's way, not our own understanding, but in God's way, deal with them the way that God wants us to deal with them, we will come out of the fire tempered, transformed, and ready for battle. Could I get an amen? Realize that God is for us. He's not against us. If you are going through pressure right now, tribulation, you're struggling, stop. Stop right where you are and realize, first of all, this is not God. And if it's not God, then you make a decision to resist it. You make a decision to fight it. You make a decision to incorporate others. Remember, Paul wrote to the church at Philippi and said, look, I'm in this prison I'm being pressured, I'm being torn, I'm being under persecution for my faith. Pray for me, because I know that if you pray, that God will send his spirit, and this too shall turn around. Look, we realize that we are in a battle. Wake up. Stop just being nonchalant about things that are happening in your life. Start judging what's going on in your life. Prove that it is the Lord. He that is spiritual judges all things. Prove all things. If it's not God, then fight it. If it is the Lord, then correct it. Could I get an amen? But let's let God get involved in our life because if a seed, if he finds a weakness, he only designs, David, tribulation, persecutions, sorrows, sufferings, trouble designed on the information 
that he has gathered from your life by your past reactions to God, to his word, to man, and even to pressure. And when he designs that tribulation, that snare, that uh, uh, battle, whatever it is, when he designs it, he believes that it will be the last time he ever confronts your faith. He's not designing something that will fail. He is designing something that you are not prepared to defeat. But when we are at our weakest, God can be his greatest. Amen? And so let's, when we go through these things, that we don't just cave into it. One time I was going through the yard with Nikki and she was little and uh, she started coughing. I said, oh, honey, you're catching a cold. God said, that, that's real great. Just put a name on it so she thinks it's normal. I said, well, what do you want me to tell her? I said, why didn't you tell her? That's the devil. She could have fought it. But I just told her, oh, you're catching a cold like she'd been chasing one. And so, guess what? I now have a daughter that thinks a cold is normal. See, we have to recognize what is the devil. Amen. Amen? And realize that no matter what he's doing, God is greater than the devil. Amen. Hallelujah. Say this with me today. Say, Father, you are my help. I will be strong in your strength and the power of your might. Open up my eyes and my ears. Let my mind be able to see clearly that tribulation will not find its place in my life. I pray the way that Jesus said, God, deliver me from temptation. Show me, God, when it's at its earliest stage that God, I may stand up against it, that I will be victorious. I will not give it place. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody has a, I never even heard of this. They have like a temple headache. Uh, it seemed like it always hits you right in the temple. Uh, and I don't know if it's, it's like migraine headaches come up on you that way, but it's right there at your temple. And God is healing that right now. Just lift your hand up and just receive that right now. God is touching that area right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, that thing will never come up on you again. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now... I see like a, somebody got hit in the back of the neck with, with like a, a bar. Um, I don't know if it was a bicycle accident. I don't know what it is, but it looks like a bar hit you on the back of the neck. Who is that? It hit you right here in the back of the neck. Who is that? Raise your hand so I can see. Wave at me. All right, nobody. Okay, all right. Hallelujah. Huh? Oh, yeah, there'll be a baptism. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, lift your hands up towards heaven. Hallelujah. A bladder problem is being healed. Uh, I, uh, I, I guess uh, like a fallen bladder uh, or something. Uh, God is touching that and healing that right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. And that left knee that's been bothering you, uh, you, you didn't do anything. It just started hurting. And uh, now it's giving you fits. God's healing that right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, Father, we loose miracles right now. 
and uh, there is a hip replacement that you've been struggling with uh, God is resolving that issue it's going to be okay it's going to come to a full fruition in Jesus name hallelujah now father we just pray for those that God are being aggravated being pressured God being tormented God being troubled by persecutions tribulations trouble sufferings God financial soulishly and father I pray for them right now that you would strengthen them that God the power of the Holy Ghost would come into them and give them God the word of the Lord a word in their due season God that father they will rise up and that they will be strong now I bind every power of the enemy right now God that is causing things that would happen in people's lives I just call a halt to it God I loose right now the comfort of the Lord that God you would come in you would refresh them you would encourage them lift them up God that God today's message would be a message that says you know what I've seen things I've let things go I'm stopping them now God let them rise up let them take a stand and not give place to the adversary now God I loose right now God just a spirit of unity between spouses and between children and parents I loose God that you would just bring a peace to every household every household God let peace reign in every household and God we ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ and we thank you for it amen and amen hallelujah hallelujah reach over and grab somebody that's next to you and just ask God to strengthen them ask God to just lift them up ask God to encourage them be an encouragement to them tell them God is faithful that God will see you through that God is aware of you that God will deliver you in every evil work just tell them to stand fast and see the salvation of the Lord tell them God has never been unfaithful and he will not be unfaithful right now God has been faithful in everything that they've asked and everything they've done and God will not break his covenant with them he'll not alter the word that has gone forth out of his mouth he is not a man that he would lie he is a, not a son of man that he would repent but God has declared it and God will make it good tell him just to stand and see the salvation of the Lord hallelujah 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 glory to God hallelujah oh we worship you Jesus come on lift your hands up and just give God praise father we worship you today we exalt you that God you are the deliverer God you are the way maker hallelujah God you are he that brings a breakthrough you lift us up you bring us out God God we thank you you are the lifter of our head we thank you God that you are an adversary to our adversary that God you are our protector that God you are our complete fortress that God you are the God that is with us and that God we have nothing to fear God for you have not given us that spirit that is intimidated but you've given us a spirit of strength of might of love and of power and of a strong mind God we are the fortified in the Lord and God we thank you for it in Jesus mighty name hallelujah 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 Philistine. 
boxes and tied them together set ablaze their field it looked like everything was all gone but in reality even in the natural sense that season ended and grass grew again God tells me that even though a life that looks like has been brought to rubble is a life that he will resurrect again nothing is impossible to God and it'll not just be grass is normal, saith the Lord of hosts. But the Bible says that people, believers, are the plantings of the Lord. God says that we would eat of fields that we had not planted. We would reap of fruit trees that we had not pruned. And I'm telling you this for the simple fact that God is about to reseed your field. And it's not where you have labored, but you will reap because of the goodness of the Lord. And God's nature is just this, that the latter end is always greater than the former. He can't help himself. And so God is a restorer of what the locust and the caterpillar have taken. Nothing can stop God from doing what God is about to do. God is a just God. He is a justifier. He is that which makes right over wrong. He corrects the order of things and then he demands by a sovereign decree that the thief return sevenfold. Your latter years will be greater than your former. I don't know your former year, but I'm just telling you that the enemy might have destroyed your field just by the natural process of time your fields will be healed and then it will come the time that God will plant and God will renew I'm telling you God is a rewarder of the just God is a rewarder of the innocent hallelujah hallelujah oh Jesus hallelujah father in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I loose God right now blessing God to the west and I lose blessing to the east I lose blessing God to the north and I lose blessing to the south I decree God that that which has begun will come to an end I prophesy God to the works of the adversary that father they will begin to see their own defeat God in the mirrors of those places that you have dug the trenches for the righteous to live that God they will hear a sound of defeat God from a place where they never thought it would come and that God that which is in the camp is about to be reversed and brought into the house of the righteous that God those that have persecuted will turn around and become blessers those that have resisted and those that have troubled God will turn around and you will make their enemies to be at peace with them and God they will bring blessing and they will release God that which is due the righteous and God I decree that this is a day that God you have prophesied it is a day that you have looked forward to and it is a day God that we say do God what you would have to do in our life God move what has to be moved sit what has to be sit God uproot what has to be uprooted God open up God and pour out in a measure that cannot be restrained in Jesus name God I lose blessing and increase in Jesus mighty name and we thank you for it. God bless every house bless every family bless every marriage God hallelujah God we just stand in a place of honor reverence God we say that the Lord is my helper we say what can people what can enemies what can the devil do if the Lord be for us God we see that our enemies are not our victors we see God that our enemies are bread for us we see God that our enemies 
are confounded and confused, dismantled. And God, we thank you. We thank you for victory. For you are the righteousness of God. You are the new creature. You are those whom God has poured out his spirit upon. You are the apple of the Lord's eye. You are the heartthrob of Calvary. You are the reason that Jesus came forth. You are the reason that God raised him from the dead. He has placed you in heavenly places. He has seated you in places of victory. He has put the enemy under your feet. He has put a word of faith and declaration and victory in your mouth. He has given you the keys of a renewed mind. He has given you a spirit of temperance. He has given you a spirit of boldness. You have a spirit of faith. You're able to extract victory. You are God's anointed. You are God's appointed. You are God's called. You are God's set. You are God's chosen. You are God's recognized. You are God's identified. You have been bought with the blood. There's a mark on your life. The enemy cannot overtake you. God's presence covers you. You are covered by the blood of the Lamb, our Passover, Jesus Christ. And God will cause, will cause a way to come where there is no way. God says that on the other side of the way, you will rise up and you will prophetically sing a song, saith the Lord of hope. For the Lord has delivered you and he has cast a rider in your enemy into the sea. You will not see them any days hence from this time, saith the Lord of hosts. Be strong, be confident, saith God. Be encouraged, saith the Lord of hosts. For you are my people and I have called you by my name, saith God. Hallelujah. God, we worship you today. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. See you Wednesday.